don't care how many demons he's fought and how many hells, he's never fought us, not us united. Hi everyone, welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Jeremy. And my name is Ken. Uh, Ken, so we've been gone for a little bit, right? It's uh, yeah. been a f- couple months or so. How have you been? Oh man, it, it was uh, it was kind of, it kind of left a, a little bit of a void without the, our, you know, daily, our weekly routine, I, sh- I should say, uh, with the with the podcast and everything. But things were good. Um, just trying to get a l- little healthier uh but beyond that just keeping busy with work uh how about how about your hiatus how was your hiatus dude i've been like the same way as you i kind of like don't know what day it is if we don't record the podcast and you know weeks don't exist <laughs> you know it's like and movies don't release on like friday anymore so yeah just kind of lost, lost track of time but yeah we're here to fill the void that's been missing in our lives once again I know, seriously. I mean, we're recording this on the 24th, which is a Wednesday of March, and it's crazy that we're already one quarter of the way through 2021. I can't believe it. Yeah, time is flying by. Uh, But it is our season two premiere of the Weekly Real podcast, and we're going to be talking about the one, the only, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Not... The theatrical version that we'll talk about a little bit later because, you know, it's a lot different than the one we got. Uh, But we'll definitely be talking about that. Uh, I want to jump into our podcast ritual where we talk about one movie or TV show that we watched within the last week. That's how we usually do it, right, Ken? We usually talk about one that we talked about in the last week. But since, uh, you know, it's been a while since we last met, I kind of want to open it up to since, I guess, the last couple of months. Is there anything yeah. cool that you watched? Yeah, during the hiatus, um, I have watched, uh, you know, a few new releases. You know, obviously, uh, you know, we got done watching it from beginning to end, WandaVision. Uh, that was really good. I really loved uh, that TV series. It was definitely it, it was nice getting, you know, getting that uh, MCU fix back in with uh, with 2020 being such a bust in terms of new content. Um, but I mean, for the most part, during the hiatus, I did uh, revisit a lot of older stuff. And um, you know what? I felt that since this is our season two premiere week where we're we are talking about the Snyder Cut, the TV show that I wanted to highlight, and Jeremy, I know you're going to love this. The TV show that I want to share this week on The Ritual is Smallville. No way. The recurring TV show that we always talk about, maybe every other episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, we were talking about it so often, even during our you know, our uh, pre-production season two uh, meetings and stuff. We had talked about it so much that I was like, you know what? I have nothing to watch. It was such a random day and decided to just start with the pilot. Um, and uh, I mean, to to catch uh, our audience up, 
you know, for me, uh, especially during its original run, this is actually one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Uh, but during its original run, I actually stopped after season five. Um, and, you know, I just got busy with, uh, I guess, adulting at the time. Uh, but like five years ago, I gave it another shot because it was available on Hulu. And at the time, I had just gotten free Hulu from my uh, Spotify premium account. And so I started again from the pilot and I got really far, Jeremy. Uh, I think I got to that one Justice League uh, episode in season nine. And that was like midway through season nine. And I do not know why I didn't finish season nine and then season 10. And, and that would have been done. Is that arguably the best Justice League? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to mention it on a, on a uh, on an episode that we're talking mm-hmm. about the Justice League, so I figured it was it was uh, just right, and it, it was just it's funny that uh, that's where I stopped after after that latest attempt to rewatch, and so um, I started it a few weeks ago, Jeremy. Just so you know, I'm actually into season two already, and I Dang. just finished that second Ryan episode. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so good. The oh, Ryan yeah. episodes are so good. It gives you feels, man. Oh, yeah, dude. They're, it's funny when we talk about all the bad moments, though, in Smallville. Uh, mostly, you know, in the second half of the series. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, but, you know, you got to tell me uh, which the bad moments again. Like once you get to those, but yeah, the first five seasons of Smallville are solid TV. Oh, I know. Uh, the, I mean, the first season was a great way to introduce. I mean, there there was you know kind of like that formulaic um, like feel to it where they just had a their, freak of the week. Quote, yeah, freak of the week. Yeah, with uh, everyone being affected by the quote unquote meteor rocks because they hadn't they didn't call it kryptonite yet, mm-hmm. but. When they had those non freak of the week episodes, they were they were always good, always mm-hmm. good. And so, um, I you know I'm just getting a little bit of nostalgia from I guess what season two now. So I'm in 2002 now. <laughs> so, uh, and right before uh, we started uh, recording this episode, we were talking about early 2000s music, and man, oh man, um, I wanted to mention it to you earlier, but uh, I wanted to say it for. Uh, uh, the recording mm-hmm. dude early 2000 music man just just uh, it's it a vibe it's different it, it does different. <laughs> it definitely <laughs> does man especially the smallville ones cuz you have it connect to a show and that time period i totally get it yeah man for sure so uh i was i've definitely saving that one up and wanted to save it especially for the season 2 premiere mhm uh w- one movie that i watched is a movie that you've been telling me to watch for a while Actually, because I told you I watched Training Day, but the other movie that I watched, and I told you that I was watching a lot of Matt Damon for some reason, <laughs> uh, I watched The Departed with uh, oh shoot <laughs> with Leo and Matt Damon and Jack Nicholson, Jackson. man. Yeah. I, oh, Mark ooh. Wahlberg? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Mark Wahlberg. Dude, he's such a good character in there. Yeah. Uh, but that movie was crazy. I didn't know. I thought I would like the expectations I had. I guess spoilers for The Departed for like 15 years ago or so. Um, just the way that it ended. I thought Matt, well, Matt Damon did end up dying, but I thought he was going to die in that elevator. That's mm-hmm. how I thought it was going to go. But it turned 
flipped all the way around and I was like, what the hell is happening? All this gangster stuff happening. And yeah, I was that movie was such a crazy game of cat and mouse pretty much. Yeah, man. Uh, were you hella surprised when Leo got popped at the end? Oh, hell yeah, dude. I wasn't like, like with Leo, you don't expect him to die. <laughs> it's freaking, I mean, besides, um, what's the? Titanic? Django Unchained. <laughs> yeah, Titanic, Django Unchained. Where else did he die? But yeah, yeah, I didn't expect that. Especially like the way his character path was going, kind of going down. I kind of felt like he was going to survive. But in in the end, he I he did win. Yeah. So. But dude, there were some brutal deaths. I mean, mm-hmm. his was definitely up there. Um, Martin Sheen's was brutal. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Just landed right in front of DiCaprio. That was nuts. Yeah, there were some crazy ones in there. Yeah, dude. Now you know why that's uh, definitely one of my favorite Leo and Matt Damon movies. Uh, dude, mid two thousands. For both uh, actors, it was a golden age um, for both. Yeah, that was such a good movie. But you know what's also a good movie, Ken? What's that? Apparently, it's the movie that we're going to be talking about today, apparently. Uh, We're going to be talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League, the Snyder Cut, as a lot of people like to call it. So this is my spoiler warning for Zack Snyder's Justice League. If you haven't seen it yet, please go see it on HBO Max. Don't pirate it. Watch it like basically how it's supposed to be watched in its 4x3 aspect ratio. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 1.33 by 1. <laughs> oh, man. I had a hard time watching that on my laptop, by the way. <laughs> um but yeah so please go watch it before we talk about spoilers and all that stuff so but if not if you already watched it here we go uh so after years of campaigning Zack snyder's true justice league finally gets released where batman wonder woman flash cyborg and superman defend the world from the dark threat of steppenwolf and darkseid so we finally got it, Ken. After four years of, is it gonna happen? It doesn't exist. Oh, it might happen. Oh, never mind. It's not happening. Oh, yeah, we got it. Twenty twenty, and the the one shining light in twenty twenty <laughs> was the announcement that we were getting uh, the Snyder Cut. So two years ago, was it two? Yeah, two years ago. Wait. I should have said four years ago, right? Yeah, four years ago. Okay, so if the theatrical cut was released four years ago, let's just say two years ago, did you think when all the rumors of a Snyder cut, did you ever think it was going to be released? Definitely not. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm, I, consider, I still consider myself a casual fan. Uh, I'm still trying to get on your level, especially when it comes to like comic books. I've been trying to you know, watch as many YouTube videos and read a bunch of blog uh, entries and stuff just to get as knowledgeable as I can so that I can sound sort of knowledgeable when I'm, I don't know, podcasting or just having random conversations. But, um, you know, I thought it was nothing more than a myth uh, this whole time to stir up all the DC fanboys um because like you know i'm usually on twitter a lot and it was 
like I would always see this and it was it would always get really annoying. It's like hashtag release the Snyder cut. And I'm like, dude, the Snyder cut doesn't exist. And so um all this to say, I'm glad I was wrong. Mm, dude, for me, I was kind of in that camp, kind of halfway in. Uh, I was to the point where I'm like, yeah, he probably has some like a ton of footage that was unused. But I bet a lot of it is incomplete, <laughs> like right. CGI wise as well. And I'm like, they're not going to release it like that. So I was like, they're never going to put in the millions of dollars. I, like Warner Brothers is never going to put millions of dollars uh, to basically have it in its full form. Mm-hmm. And basically the theatrical Justice League was a flop. Right, basically lost a lot of money in the theaters, or didn't do as well as it probably should have. Right. Um, I didn't think Warner Brothers would like take the risk of it failing again. <laughs> uh, so it's pretty crazy because uh, AT and T basically bought and then stepped up and funded the Justice League. So I didn't think it was going to happen either. At two years ago, I would have said, "Yeah, that's that's just a dream right now." You know, ironically, and I'll take it a step further. I feel like if last year we didn't have a pandemic and we had like normal, like you know, normal releases like we had been, I don't think the Snyder Cut would have been released because I feel like with last year being such a huge bust for like just industry wide for the movies, my theory is that because they were lacking four new releases. They were trying to think of a way to drive viewership and subscriptions for HBO Max, and mm-hmm. this was the way to do it. And a lot, if you think about it, a lot of the footage had been already shot. It was just, like you said, incomplete. They just needed to throw some money into it. And so, I mean, I don't know. My theory is that if if we're not living in a pandemic world in 2020, I don't think the Snyder Cut's being released uh, as of, what, last Thursday. Yeah, I probably would have to agree with you. I, I mean, uh, you're more in touch with, like, the HBO Max. Do you remember um, around maybe early t- 2020, were they doing well in terms of subscribers? No, they were always um, they were always struggling uh, because of the branding. It was weird, and I think some HBO... Uh, executives got let go because of it because uh, if I remember correctly last year especially right around the time HBO Max when when they launched everyone was trying to figure out oh which one do I use HBO Go uh, HBO Now uh, HBO through cable HBO what's this HBO Max there, it was just a weird branding thing mm-hmm. and um, you know some people lost their jobs over it because it, you know it was just unfocused and so uh, they they stumbled out of the gates for sure yeah so i i also heard basically uh the snyder cut as of the march 24 that uh it basically got the around the same numbers did a little bit better than the first episode of falcon and the winter soldier and you know we love we like that show too and we we i know i stayed up for Zack Snyder's Justice League. I watched, I waited until midnight, watched the first two hours, and then I got tired. <laughs> Not because of the movie, just because it was 2 a.m., <laughs> you know, and 
needed to go to sleep and then basically wake up and watch it again or watch the rest. Uh, but I would probably have to say, I hope people watch this on HBO Max. Well, I mean, if it's uh, doing comparable numbers with uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I mean, uh, I haven't looked at the actual numbers in terms of subscriptions or subscribers, I should say. Uh, but I think Disney Plus is doing really well in terms of subscribership. And uh, HBO Max has always been kind of lagging. So for um, the Snyder Cut to be on or around the same level as Falcon Winter Soldier, that's actually pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. I would agree. So um, let's let's flash back a little bit, like maybe two weeks ago or maybe even like the day before. What were your expectations going into the Snyder Cut? Well, uh, man, honestly, <laughs> I mean, and I think we have talked about this on on a previous uh, episode, uh, podcast episode. I really was just hoping for uh, like another Batman versus Superman Ultimate Edition because, you know, going into like going to the theatrical cut, like in the theaters uh, back in 2017, I had zero expectations and I actually thought it was an entertaining watch in the theaters. But that's because just, you know, I had no expectations. I The bar was so low and I was like, oh, you know, what? I, I was actually pleasantly <laughs> surprised. It was pretty good. Uh, but then when I rewatched the theatrical cut earlier this month, uh, just, you know, to prepare for our premiere uh, today, I was just watching and I was like, man, this is actually pretty disjointed and pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> The CGI was not good at all. It looked like horrible. Um, so at the very least, I was just expecting it to have the same type of connective tissue because, I mean, we've already heard for the longest time this was going to be like a really long runtime it was going to be four hours uh it was just how were how were they going to present the four hours and so really i just wanted that connective tissue to make the plot make sense just make it coherent just like the uh bvs ultimate edition Mm -hmm. because that ultimate edition definitely elevates batman versus superman there's some things in the theatrical version of that movie i'm like Oh, no, there's like no motivation. I like I don't care about Superman and all that stuff. Like why does he even fight Batman? But the ultimate edition at least adds a little bit of more meat on the bones, I think. Yeah, well they explain it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they explain it, they show it, and they're like, "Oh, it's like stuff that they cut out." Like why would they cut that out? Now I can understand the plot better. And so really those were like the only things that I, you know, I try, I try to not overhype the Snyder cut because I didn't want to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, just make the plot seem coherent. Really? Mm-hmm. That's the, that was, my expectations were pretty low. How about yours? Yeah. For me, honestly, right before I was honestly scared. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh man, I was scared. Like, what if this movie sucks? Is it just going to be a long, sucky version of the theatrical version? <laughs> like, right. like, we're, like, like, I was like you. When it first came out, uh, the theatrical version in 2017, I watched it. I'm like, oh, that was different. I think I liked it. And, you know, I enjoyed it. But every subsequent viewing after that, it just kept going down and down. <laughs> and by the time, uh, the last time I watched it, which was like last week before uh, watching the 
the Snyder Cut, I was like, man, this movie's a mess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I, then just seeing the Snyder Cut now, um, just the fact that we basically got a second chance, uh, I ended up being pretty excited for it. I was pretty hyped for sure. Uh, but I want to talk about a few topics with this, with the Snyder Cut, because there's so much to unpack in this movie. I know that right away when I watched it and my brother watched it, uh, we're like, dude, this movie was so different. And we watched the, the theatrical cut together and we're like, oh, this was different from this thing. This is different from that. It's like, yeah, what the hell were they thinking before? You know? Right, right, right from the get go too. The oh, first yeah. scene, <laughs> first, first shot of the movie, just, just everything. <laughs> yeah, it was so different. I, I would probably want to say what, like seventy five percent of the movie is different. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, something like that. Because I mean, it is four hours, so that's a lot. Seventy five percent is a lot. Um, so I wanted to ask you, Ken, uh, what differences between the theatrical version and Zack Snyder's version did you want to highlight? Well, um, the first one, it's kind of a fun one. No CGI'd upper lip for Henry Cavill. <laughs> just right off the bat, the vertical. Right off the bat. Let's just, let's just talk about the elephant in the room because that was the first shot of the theatrical cut. And I remember seeing it in the theaters and I seriously, because, you know, I wear glasses, you know, to view, uh, to see far. <laughs> and I literally thought that I had a smudge on my glasses where his upper lip was. And so I literally cleaned my glasses during that shot. <laughs> and then I put them on, back on. I was like, oh, shoot, why does his lip look like that? And, you know, obviously I'm just thinking in my head. And obviously I didn't have those uh, conversations to tell after the movie. I was like. Did everyone, did everyone notice his upper lip? <laughs> it looked weird because I didn't. Re- I wasn't really paying attention to movie mm-hmm. news at the time, and I didn't realize he uh, still had his mustache from uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. And so I was like, "Oh, that makes sense now." <laughs> I think you were the one that told me actually. Yeah, because when I was, I remember watching that in theaters, and you know, with my brother, I'm like, "Look, they CGI'd his his face." <laughs> and it's like. So that's why it looks weird. <laughs> it looks like Henry Cavill got punched in the mouth too many times. Yeah, I know it was weird. It was, it was just strange. I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be a weird. Uh, this is gonna be a weird ride." <laughs> but you know what? Next two hours. What? That's just a small thing in the movie, right? It, the small change, but essentially, the character arc that he goes through is pretty much the same. Uh, mm-hmm. Superman, we should say, and. But the way they execute it is so much better. It's it's not that uh, you like truth or something like that. Uh, I'm a big fan of justice or whatever he says. Oh, in that. I'm yeah. like, oh, at God. The, at, at the end? Oh, that was yeah. horrible. And they obviously got rid of that. That wasn't in um, Snyder's vision. But pretty much it's like he goes through the same character arc and uh, appears in the same number of scenes. I don't know why they had to overhaul with his CGI face. I don't get that. Yeah, that was weird. That yeah, really the only differences were his upper lip and then his the color of his suit. Yeah. I mean and and you know what it was uh, obviously a strategic reason why Zack Snyder changed that. And we'll, we could talk about that a little bit later on. Um but yeah, I mean really those were 
the only two cosmetic things that changed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was weird. Honestly, I'm not the biggest fan of the black and white suit, but I don't know if you're going to bring it up later. So, <laughs> Well, I mean, I figured we were just going to talk about it. It'll, it'll just come naturally in terms of uh, some of the other changes that we do. That will point out, I, I, I should say, because there's so many. There's so mm-hmm. many. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I I also want to throw a quick one out there um, compared to the theatrical cut. The theatrical cut, remember, had that one joke that was kind of awkward when you watched it when when Flash lands on Wonder Woman oh. in the tunnel fight? Yes. <laughs> and then obviously they don't have it in the Snyder cut. I just remember it. I'm like, uh, that felt kind of weird <laughs> that they included it in the movie. Yeah, there were some weird choices uh, that Joss Whedon made. <laughs> like the whole, uh, remember the Superman and Batman interaction? Uh, oh, that hurt. <laughs> or whatever. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, something's definitely bleeding. <laughs> yes, yeah. That, uh, was, that was the worst thing. Yeah, I was going to mention that later. <laughs> that, that was, was pretty stupid. bad. That was pretty bad. Uh, but uh, to kind of continue some of the... Um, the changes that uh, that I wanted to highlight that were for the better uh, for the Snyder Cut. Um, just in general, I just love the more fleshed out stories and roles for both Cyborg and The Flash. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll start with Cyborg. I just love how they actually had a backstory for him and in the story arc. I felt like um, I think you've probably heard it maybe on some of the YouTube videos, and, and I can't agree more. This was that. De- his story was the heartbeat of the Snyder cut. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you got to see uh, Victor's relationship with both his mom and dad, even though really he only had that one scene with his mom, but you felt like, you know, like you could relate, you know, especially if you are close to like your parents and, you know, you will have different relationships with either parent. Right. And um, I just, love the fact that they were able to show in in a pretty efficient way in one scene where you know he was close with his mom at the time there was always a distance with his dad and you could see why he ended up resenting his dad Silas mm-hmm. um and so that was definitely uh, one of the things I wanted to bring up for Cyborg another thing is I loved how they gave his dad Silas a key role I mean, if we were giving out a Jensen Award in this episode for the Snyder Cut, he would be my winner, actually, uh, for the Jensen Award, Silas Stone, uh, because I love the fact that they showed him being the one to give kind of access. You know, he just allowed all of the Justice League to be able to kind of get on board the, the Superman ship and just gain access to it. You could tell... They were on a mission. He was like, oh, I'm not going to get in the way of all of these superheroes. And of course, more importantly, when he sacrificed himself to mark the third mother box so that the Justice League, Justice League would know the location, because obviously he heated it up to like a really high level so that they can actually, you know, through, was it thermal imaging? They mm-hmm. could find out where that location of the mother boxes were. He literally just sacrificed him, his, his own life. And you just felt for Victor in that in that regard because you know he ended up losing both of his parents, and so yeah, he um, definitely pulled a, a Miles Dyson from Terminator Two. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this is kind of random, but man, I've been watching a lot of uh, what, what's his, what's his actor's name? 
Joe Morton. Yeah, Joe Morton. I've been watching a lot of Joe Morton lately. He was in uh, Smallville as Dr. Uh, Dr. <laughs> Hamilton. Yeah. Um, and then I recently watched Speed because that's on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, one of like, the boss, uh, Keanu's and Jeff Daniels' uh, boss um, <laughs> in it. So I've been watching a lot of Joe Morton. Yeah, it's like, dang, had to kill him. Like, he had to sacrifice himself once again <laughs> just to mark that. Because at first, when that happened, I'm like, dang, he died for no- he died for nothing. Yeah, and then uh, just right away they explain it. I'm like, thank yes. goodness there was like some type of payoff in there, because also in the theatrical version, just to compare the two, I'm like, how do they find Steppenwolf in the theatrical one? It, it was basically just Cyborg was like, there's a energy reading in this place. Let's go there, and I'm like, all right, that was kind of boring. How do you figure that out? But in this, it, it, there's some weight to it, and there's some buildup to that final battle right and there's actually like personal stakes in it now too i know there's like that revenge factor too i was like oh yeah i really felt bad for victor stone yeah yeah definitely like victor was like you said basically like the heart of this movie i'm glad like his whole origin story uh was like fleshed out and i think just the way um they did his character justice in the way like you can show his personality that he mm-hmm. is a good-hearted person underneath all that uh that new armor is when right. that that underrated scene i might have to say is when he gives that that single mom right like the the funding and all that stuff that money that he's like 100k or whatever it was yeah and just like stuff like that it's like you appreciate you can see deep down like it it gives more character to to cyborg that he isn't just some guy moping around right. in his apartment which basically was the theatrical one theatrical yeah no, so <laughs> bad man i hate like cyborg was my most like i did not like his character in the theatrical one i thought he was like he was just too mopey and then he's monotone yeah, like he was just, just there. He was just there and moping around. I was like, screw Cyborg, he's boring. But in this, they flesh him out so much, you care about him, and there's so much personal stakes. You can see why he's th- in so much pain. But then, mm-hmm. And then you finally complete his character arc in the end, where oh, he accepts so who he is now. Yeah, oh, I know. I, and you know what? I love the fact that they were able to use their um the father-son relationship to be able to it that's how they ended uh chapter what was it chapter six or part six i should say with basically the uh the voiceover uh of silas on that tape recorder and mm-hmm. it just basically validated that whole story arc between the two of them within the just uh within the snyder cut and so um man i i just i'm really glad that they you know he he was able to get get his screen time and actually have motivations. And like you said, there were personal stakes involved in it. Mm-hmm. I think everything, uh, all the changes to like the, I guess the first meeting or I guess origins of every character that they show is so much better in, um, in this version of the movie, like Batman right away. He's, he's going out f- trying to find Aquaman. Diana's bank scene is a little bit different, mm-hmm. pretty similar. Yeah. Uh, but the tone's a little bit different. Uh, some of the outcomes are a little bit different too. It just feels better too in terms of editing. Yeah. 
uh, and the flash that's what i wanted to talk about the flash he was he was funny in the original uh theatrical yeah. version but he, uh, t- to the point as it sometimes got a little annoying i could see that <laughs> uh but in this one i do feel like he was more of a real person <laughs> in yeah. this movie um and i definitely appreciated the stuff that he uh he displayed especially at the end i honestly thought steppenwolf won at the end i cuz when when that went down everything just started exploding i was like Zack Snyder really did it. <laughs> he, I don't know what's gonna happen. I was when I when you saw the the world slowly disintegrating. Yeah, I was like, oh Snyder, you're gonna people are gonna be pissed. <laughs> you got a bad ending, and then we're gonna get a cliffhanger that with a bad ending. Or when I say bad ending, I mean you know an unhappy ending. Happy ending. Yeah. Yeah. And, but luckily. He utilizes like the Flash's like greatest power, and I like how he says like I'm gonna break my my rule of not doing this. Right, and then he goes for it, and that the way that was visualized was so good. So good, yeah. With the music too uh, that was scored with it, I was like, oh, you could tell this was something special that was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have to mention the music with uh, Junkie XL's music is so much better than the original one. I mean, I love Danny Elfman. Yeah, he did the score for the original, but that didn't definitely didn't have the same type of epicness as this mm-hmm. one did. There, there was definitely some <laughs> interesting choices, though, in terms of music. Yes, I, 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 there's some <laughs> picks I want to knit. Oh no, knits I want to pick. I should say I, I butchered that, but yeah, uh, there's a few of them that I wanted to to mention later on in the episode. I see. All right. Yeah, because there's there's some music choices I'm like, yeah, this is epic. But there's some right. <laughs> that are definitely like... That are not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I do want to talk about Steppenwolf really quick because yeah, he looks it. so much different <laughs> oh, yeah. in this movie. And just the way he, he moves, the way he fights is so much better in this movie. The pacing mm. of the action uh, is... Cause I guess because since it was a two-hour movie, the theatrical version was, the the action scenes felt rushed in the original. Yeah. It was like they just, Steppenwolf comes in, beats them up, and then he it. flies away or teleports away. But in this, you get a bit of an exchange in every battle. He doesn't feel invincible, but at the same time, you can see how powerful he actually is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, you could see it right away with the uh i guess his first battle with the amazons i i love the (laughs) i love that one scene where he's being shot up with a bunch of arrows he and he eventually kind of cleans up you know that part of the scene uh with the amazons and then he uses his armor to like basically chop down all the uh the arrows that were sticking on him he probably had like a dozen of them on on his armor at the time i thought that was pretty cool i was like oh damn all right (laughs) Yeah, he was so much scarier in this. But at the same time, you knew that there was that looming threat of dark side too. But right. just it's like, oh man, if Steppenwolf is this scary, like what about dark side, you know? Right. Right. Uh is there any other differences you wanted to point out for now? Um, you know, I have a a few 
like quick ones um, because yeah, like the the flash one was the one uh, one of the ones that I wanted to kind of highlight. I also uh, I, I guess before I go into the quick ones, uh, one quick thing that I wanted to mention, actually a couple quick things about the Flash, where I like how they gave him a proper introduction instead of like more of a comic relief uh, introduction. Because I mean, he you got to um, you bas- we basically got to meet his uh, love interest. Uh, what's her name again? Iris. Um, Iris West. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it was a little over the top with the way they kind of portrayed it. Uh, but I mean, they, I feel like they just gave him more screen time that, and then that slight difference when they activated the third mother box of him having to actually slightly turn back the time just a little bit. Um, you, I just thought it was like a preview for that final battle scene, Mm -hmm. uh, for what he was able what, what he was capable of doing. And so I just wanted to kind of mention those uh, on top of the things that you did mention uh, for the flash. Uh, but some of the bonus um, things, differences that I wanted to bring up real quickly, the epilogue. Oh, we got to talk about that. Um, I like how Zack Snyder kind of doubled down on some of the stuff that he introduced in Batman versus Superman with the alternate future. Um, and it was pretty crazy to be able to see that ragtag group of what was it batman joker deathstroke uh, death yeah deathstroke mira Mira, yep the flash cyborg and cyborg yeah yeah it's pretty crazy and then when superman showed i was like oh here we go oh dang they reused that superman shot though do you notice (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) Oh, man. So I couldn't get Henry Cavill for that reshoot, huh? <laughs> nope. nope. Yeah, but it's all good. It makes hey, wh- sense. What, what did you think about the whole uh, dialogue exchange between Bat- Batman and Joker? It was good. I liked it. Uh, of course, like Jared Leto's Joker was never my favorite, especially no. in Suicide Squad. Uh, this definitely redeems him a little bit more, for sure. Uh, their exchange and just the fact that they have to make a truce in that right. future shows how crazy that future is considering he killed Robin. Right. Uh, it was a bit crazy. I would have really liked to see more death stroke because there was that other post credit scene un- quote unquote post credit scene with mm-hmm. uh, Lex Luthor and death stroke that was supposed to lead into an, a solo Batman movie with Ben Affleck. Um, I don't know. I would have loved to see maybe a, I would have liked to see a nightmare uh action sequence. Like kind of like what he like what Snyder did in uh Batman versus Superman. But right. you know, Batman Joker talking, that's that's cool too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For sure. Uh and then real quickly, I love how they started the Snyder cut with the Superman's death cry because as a casual fan of DC I really didn't know anything about the mother boxes. They just had that, what, throwaway line that Lex Luthor had a vision or something like that. Or I I forget how they explained it in the theatrical cut, but that was it. It's like, oh, he had a, he saw three uh, boxes or whatever. That was it. And then you saw the parademon explode in that one weird, um, I guess, beginning scene with uh, Batman and he exploded in three boxes showed us. It's like, what? So that I wasn't, no yeah, I wasn't entirely sure what that meant. And for them to actually show that Superman's death 
at the end of Dawn of Justice actually meant something that, you know, um, everyone wasn't, afra- uh, I guess, afraid. Uh, yeah, everyone wasn't afraid of Earth anymore now that Superman was dead. It just activated the mother boxes. So them just visualizing it just mm-hmm. made so much more sense. And I got it. I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, the way uh, Wonder Woman explained it this time was so much better. Yes. And their their final plan, final pl- yeah, their plan for the final battle was so much better too. They weren't like bickering like like in the original version. Did Steve Trevor tell you that? <laughs> oh, jeez, yeah, that was. It's like wow, that was pretty like, bad. Yeah, and obviously that was all cut out, and then uh, that that discussion to bring back Superman also made it feel more epic. That build up to finally resurrecting Superman. Mm. that was so much better right i agree and then the last one i wanted to bring up was kind of like a holy shit type when martian manhunter like just just transformed uh from being martha in that one like scene with lois i was just like whoa i did not see that coming same i was i was hella surprised i was like that's kind of awkward though (laughs) yeah it was it was out of nowhere but i was like okay (laughs) That was kind of a weird way to introduce him, but okay, we got to see him. <laughs> I mean, his design is a little bit weird, but yeah, yeah, it's cool that we got to see Martian Manhunter, and uh, you know, he's the same guy that we've been seeing in like Man of Steel and all that stuff. Right, but yeah, I mean, those were pretty much it. I just liked it was the fact that it was rated R. Um, that, that was kind of interesting to hear some f bombs. I was like, whoa, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Did you uh did you have a favorite change uh, by the way if you had to pick one on from all, like the 75% new <laughs> new footage that we saw You know if I had to I usually go back and forth on this between like uh I guess all the character development between Cyborg and the Flash uh I guess today I feel like uh, I'll say the Flash stuff um was I guess my favorite but ask me again tomorrow I'll probably say Cyborg uh <laughs> So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of like the movie that changed the whole movie for me, it probably I would have said Cyborg, but personally, like favorite favorite change was the Batman stuff. Just the, mm. even though there's not a lot of new stuff for Batman, that the small stuff that basically restored this Ben Affleck's Batman to actually being a good Batman <laughs> rather right. than, Oh, something's definitely bleeding and just like stumbling like through, through his fight scenes and all that stuff right. compared to the theatrical version. It, it restored like uh, the coolness of Ben Affleck's Batman to me. Oh, I know. I like how they have the, uh, the, the gauntlet. I was like, Oh, dang, Ooh, yeah. it actually, yeah, it was pretty cool. Go he Alfred. Had, yeah, for some reason he had a huge tank at the end of the movie. I'm like, how are you going to drive that around? But you know, <laughs> it looked cool. <laughs> yeah, it did. All right. So uh, for the second topic I want to talk about, uh, what do you think the DCEU would look like today if the Snyder Cut was released uh, in 2017 rather than the one that we got in 2017? Uh, I got two answers, actually. First one, darker. Second, more desaturated. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, seriously, though, um, because 
the theatrical cut of Batman versus Superman was so disjointed and, you know, the Justice League theatrical cut was just bad. And, and, and we were talking about how it just bombed in the box office relatively. You know, I think it did OK, but, you know, they were expecting a lot more. I think the DCEU would still be around if they had released the Ultimate Edition and the Snyder Cut in its place. Um, and, you know, like I know that the run times would probably be something that people would bitch about just because, I mean, they are long run, run times. I'm kind of glad are. that we're watching this at home. Uh, but I feel like I would have been more hyped for uh, future releases like Aquaman and a Snyder Batflex solo, uh, solo movie. And I think we would already have a Flash solo film by now. So, mm-hmm. Dude, I, I would have to agree with you. I think we would have gotten more like, uh, obviously there's the allegations with uh, Cyborg's actor, Ray Fisher, and all that stuff. Not not against him, but, you know, that he pointed out. Uh, but I definitely would have, we probably would have gotten more likely a, a Cyborg movie, a Flash movie, mm-hmm. hopefully a Ben Affleck uh, Batman movie. But most likely, I would probably said we would probably have a, at least maybe one on the way would be a sequel to the Justice, the Justice League. League. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like if we, uh, if this movie was released in 2017, I don't think it would be the four-hour version. I definitely think Snyder was like, "Screw it, let's just toss in everything in there." Everything. This is literally his original vision. It's like everything his way, the way he wants it. Yeah, yeah. I think even like like in terms of pacing, I bet he would have wanted to cut maybe like 15 minutes just for better pacing, and then leave it out uh, 15 minutes for like deleted scenes or. Uh, you know, an ultimate edition or whatever, extra 15 minutes or so just for pacing. Cause four hours is a long time, but I think even if you cut out, cause there are, there is some fluffy stuff to this that you could cut out for sure. A lot, a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> uh, that would have definitely made the, the movie a little bit shorter that it, but definitely I appreciated that we got to see everything because right. we waited for, four years for it so we get four hours <laughs> <laughs> an hour for each year <laughs> yeah so uh i want to ask our audience though uh what was your favorite change to Zack snyder's justice league versus the theatrical version you can reach us on twitter at weekly real uh facebook at weekly real or instagram at weekly real uh and you can even if you want to email us at you know that that one email we have. What was it, Ken? <laughs> <laughs> new new season and still horrible memory. Eh? Uh it's actually. Wait, let me look at my notes because I forgot now. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> it is weeklyrealpod at gmail dot com. All right. Yeah, just email us your answers to that question and. Yeah, we could probably share that too if you want us to share your answers on the next episode. So before we get into our next topic, let's take a quick break. Okay, we are back from the break. Let's jump into our third topic. Uh, It's going to be... Were there any changes, Ken, 
uh, that you wish Zack Snyder left out of this version of the movie? Well, this one's kind of an obvious one, probably. Well, I think so. Dude, the runtime is just way too long uh, at four hours and two minutes. I mean, you know, and I I come from a place where I like TV. I like it when they uh, actually flesh out a lot of stuff. But for it to be one singular thing, I mean, I'm kind of glad they bro- broke it up into six parts, including a prologue and an epilogue. Uh, but... Man, it was just way too long. And I just felt like there were a lot of establishing shots that should have just been cut shorter. I mean, really, did we need to see Bruce Wayne riding a horse in like a dozen <laughs> different angles? <laughs> and, and dude, do we really need that creepy sounding Icelandic uh, folk song that played after uh, uh, Ackman <laughs> swam away? I was like, what is going on? <laughs> Yeah, I was, that's the same thing I was going to say. I was going to say the <laughs> random people just singing for like a couple minutes and then the lady picks up his sweater <laughs> and yeah, smells it. I'm like, that was me that? <laughs> dude, that was creepy AF, man. <laughs> and then we never see them again. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. <laughs> dude, that totally could have been on the cutting room floor. Like, bro. Cut they that could out. Have left that out and added something else in if they wanted to, but you know, yeah, that was so I mean, random. Yeah, that was kind of like my uh, my really obvious ones, but kind of my main one. And I don't know if you agree with me, but I mean, dude, I love slow motion, especially <laughs> slow motion done well. But man, there was a gratuitous amount of slow motion in this movie. Um, dude, I, I actually tried it. <laughs> yeah, <That's> I know. <laughs> I, I, and I expected it and I, I knew we were going to see a lot of it. I was like, wow, that was so much, dude. I, I just did some half-ass internet research. Dude, there was over 24 minutes of runtime that were slow motion. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. Um, dude, I think they could have probably done away with like half of that because I felt like with, Zack Snyder just having like multiple slow motion scenes within the same scene. It like by the end of the movie, it kind of took away from the the specialness because there are yeah Yeah. slow motion because there are going to be scenes where it'd be pretty cool to see slow motion, but we didn't need to see um, Wonder Woman slow motion doing another flip because we've already seen that in two of her solo movies we saw it in batman for superman we know just she's like awesome in terms of action but i mean i'm just i'm not really picking on wonder Woman. i'm just kind of giving you an example but there were scenes where there was at least like a dozen versions of slow motion it was just too much yeah, I mean, of course, like with Flash, it definitely makes sense when he's yeah. running so fast that he's top of time and all that stuff. But yeah, right. I totally agree. Oh, but oh, one thing I do want to mention real quick that yeah. uh, that they actually left in compared to the theatrical one uh, that I honestly thought was a Joss Whedon edition was the when they were fighting Superman and then Flash was running towards <laughs> Superman. I thought and then that his was face. Yeah, he did the whole side eye thing. Yeah, the whole side eye, and then you can see like Flash's face is just like in shock, like what the hell? And I thought that was a Joss Whedon edition. I'm like, if I'm gonna, I was like, I'm gonna miss that. 
I'm gonna miss that scene, and I'm glad it's it's a Zack Snyder vision. <laughs> Just to point that out. Well, it it does make sense because I mean there was always that debate. It's like, oh, who's faster? I mean, obviously the theatrical like uh, post credit scene had they actually visualized. It. I was like, mm, did we really need to see that? I thought it, it's more. I thought it was better to be debated about and not actually shown. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, that was just kind of random. But uh, one last thing about the slow motion. I really could have done without everyone's slow motion introduction, complete with WWE style <laughs> entrance music. <laughs> yeah, the hard rock music. Yeah, Sometimes or I was even like the emo it, version. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, bro, do we need this? I mean, like the most emo one was the whole Flash one. I was like, oh, okay, that was pretty over the top. I feel like they could have probably dialed it down just a little bit. I mean, I could see because, you know, obviously he's saving someone that he kind of has a crush on because obviously this is kind of the very beginning of Barry Allen with, um, I always forget her name. Iris West. Iris West. Jeez. Yep. But yeah, um, I could have done without uh, all the slow motion theme songs. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I just remember there's some like uh, jarring music choices that are honestly sometimes I like like sometimes when they when they entered that tunnel, yeah, uh, and they are all dropping down from Batman's uh, Nightcrawler or whatever it's called, yeah. and then all of a sudden just like hard rock starts. Dun, dun. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I was like, all right, was, all right. I felt I felt that one like the the Aquaman one was not needed. That whole scene. <laughs> Uh, of you know just him i guess i mean yeah he saved someone but then like at that part after he left the bar and he's just slow motion walking into like the dock with all the crazy waves and all he ends up doing is just swimming away <laughs> i mean that was in the theatrical one also so yeah but still it's still yeah. oh, didn't you say that there was um some music choices that you didn't like oh yeah it was the the icelandic folk song oh i see i thought honestly for me I was kind of missing the Wonder Woman theme. Oh, yeah. The the weird ethereal version of, or sorry, uh, I had the, the, the closed caption on. It was like something lamentation something. Wait, I have it in my notes. <laughs> Let me find it. The way they said, oh, ancient <laughs> lamentation music. Oh, my goodness. Just when she breaks through the doors in the bank. I was like, I'm kind of missing the other music right now. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad. Thank you for reminding me. That yeah, was... I th- that was something that I feel like they should have let that, <laughs> that that music a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that was not my favorite either. Um, but yeah. you have another one. <laughs> I actually do. In terms of actual scenes, um, in I'm gonna kind of test your memory uh, memory a little bit, but this was um, this one scene. Uh, where I felt that the transition between one scene to the next scene was so disjointed. It was probably the only one that I could think of within the Snyder Cut. It was the, remember the battle scene that we were just talking about with um, Steppenwolf, with Mira and Aquaman for the second Mother Box. Dude, that was an intense battle. I love that battle mm-hmm. um, for all the differences uh, that they did make uh, for the better. But it randomly just transitions into a 
dialogue scene between Mira and an Aquaman, and you know how she like like has her British control accent. the power or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and then like they're talking right. They're not even like breathing hard, like they're not oh, yeah. sweaty. They're just like just talking very calmly. There's no sense of urgency, and then Aquaman just leaves. And there wasn't like any, oh man, he just got the second mother box. Dude, we're screwed. You know, like there was, <laughs> yeah. it was weird. I don't know. You got to watch that scene again. It just felt like they just tacked it on and like. Yeah, it was definitely a, a Dawn of Justice type scene where it's like, <laughs> this is him setting up his movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was probably the scene that I hated the most. I see. And, and it's weird, too, because I do like both characters. So, for me, in terms of a scene that I feel like they... I've just, like, I do like the Martha Kent and Lois scene, where she basically goes uh, to, to Lois's place and gives her a bit of a pep talk, right? Right. And then, at the end of the conversation, we follow Martha out into the hallway, and then she magically turns into a Martian Manhunter... Right? It's like, it was revealed that it was Martian Manhunter the whole time. And honestly, I felt a little bit weird by that. Like, because I feel like they should have left that out. Like, it, I feel like it should have actually been Martha talking to her. Since it was it, definitely it was forced. It was definitely forced that they wanted to introduce Martian Manhunter. Uh, I mean, and I think they tr- they try to rationalize, like, oh, they, you know, he was trying to get her to start reporting again. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like if you're going to have that, that Martian Manhunter reveal, I like the one that they had at, at the very end with that reshoot that was with Ben nice. Affleck. That was a good that, one. That was pretty nice. So I probably would have gotten rid of that Martian Manhunter reveal in like the middle of the movie or three-fourths into the way the movie or whatever. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> you lost track of time, didn't yeah. you? <laughs> uh, another quick one I just wanted to point out. Uh, was the joke I honestly thought was a Joss Whedon addition, and I'm sad that it wasn't <laughs> because it's still here. Uh, was Lois's "You smell good" to Superman? Oh yeah, that was bad. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, dude, this guy was dead. He should not smell good. He, he would smell like embalming fluid or something. He would smell like a dead person. No, he's Kryptonian, man. <laughs> yeah, but it's different. <laughs> Because he looks like he, Henry Cavill. <laughs> he, he's built different. <laughs> Literally. And yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of. That's a like super nitpick. Mm-hmm. I'm kind. I thought it was a Joss Whedon thing. The whole "you smell good." So I guess Zack Snyder has something about people sm- smelling things. Yeah. That he likes. Did you have any more? No, that's it for me. <laughs> oh, it's it. Oh, I did have one just quick bonus one. This is a super nitpick. But um I mean, we haven't really talked about Dark Side and dude, I I feel like he he's badass. I mean, he's basically the DC version of uh, of Thanos, right? But when they showed the Age of Heroes scene, uh dude, and and, and I like that scene a lot just because you got to see, you know, it's kind of like the uh the Lord of the Rings version. Remember with all the elves and the yeah, yeah. the uh, the dwarves and the men or whatever against uh, uh, Sauron. I just thought it was pretty cool to be able to see like the DC version of that. But 
I guess a I guess a minor nitpick was, dude. I felt like Dark Side. I know it was just a story, <laughs> but I, I just felt like they made Dark Side like they defeated him pretty easily. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, I get it. There was hell of them too, compared to like I guess the seven now compared right. uh, with Martian Manhunter. But even just Superman, <laughs> Come, that's a lot, man. Yeah, I mean, because like. I think if they would have like found a way to portray him like fighting off so many people and like a bunch of people were on there and then finally the numbers like thing, but you see like how badass he was and then you know obviously he, he escapes or whatever. Um, I think that would have probably played better, but the way they portrayed it in this one is like, oh dude, he lasted a minute in Diana's uh story, <laughs> yeah, because in a way, Ares remember gave him that huge axe blow. Right, but and then, but Wonder Woman defeated Ares, so couldn't Wonder Woman do the same thing? So you know, exactly. yeah, I get it. Also, it's like kind of a nitpick very, uh, in terms of very minor nitpick story. You know, you gotta have that character motivation for for Dark Side. But yeah, I agree. There's I mean, something about yeah, that. Yeah, because they're trying to build him up to be like this big bad in this. Well. DCEU universe or whatever. We'll see if if anything comes of this uh, or anything gets revived because of the Snyder Cut, but we'll see. Yeah, for sure. Is there anything else that you wish Snyder left out? Uh, no, that's it for me. That was it. Cool, cool, cool. So I wanted to jump into our next topic because we talked about this uh, kind of off, off, not off screen, off recording. But I wanted to ask you, uh, where does this rank? Amongst your list of DCEU movies, maybe top five, top three. Uh, you know, I'll give you a top five. And so if I had to rank my top five DC DCEU movies, number five would be kind of a surprise. It would be Suicide Squad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, you scared me for a little bit. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> no, but no, seriously. <laughs> you know i haven't seen that yet so that might be like number two no i don't know Uh-oh. oh but uh number five is a bit of a surprise actually um i did enjoy shazam over movies like aquaman and wonder woman 1984 and i don't know it's just strictly for the entertainment factor i remember seeing it in theaters and i had you know admittedly no expectations and i was entertained you know i may have been just in a in a good mood that day <laughs> but uh i thought it was pretty entertaining uh at number four i would go with batman v superman the ultimate edition i just thought uh and i mentioned it earlier i just felt like the ultimate edition f- did a really good job in filling in the gaps that the crappy theatrical cut left out uh it was just that theatrical cut was just so disjointed but i'm glad that snyder released the ultimate edition and it's out on hbo max Guys, go watch it if you guys haven't done so. Um, number three, Man of Steel. And I feel mm. like this movie has aged pretty well for me. I mean, I don't know if you remember, because I remember we watched this uh, together in the theaters in two, uh, 2013. But I was slightly disappointed when I first saw it. Uh, mm. But it has since grown on me with each passing viewing. Um, and so I... You know, I'm still not the biggest fan of the pacing, but 
I mean, because, you know, that's really my only gripe with Man of Steel. But the rest of the movie is really good. And there's a lot of good elements of it. And I'm glad that's how they were trying to introduce the DCEU. Uh, you got to do it with the headliner, Superman. So, And so my top two were difficult. I was trying to figure out where I wanted to go with this. And so the toughest decision I had to make at number two is the Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, because I think if there was a sort of happy medium where you didn't get the full Zack Snyder experience and you got maybe 45 minutes cut from the movie with all those, uh, I guess, slow motion and establishing shots that he could have cut out, I think it would have been, I thought it would have played perfect at 3.15. You know, three hours and 15 minutes would have been a perfect uh, thing. And I definitely would have that number one over wonder woman so wonder woman still my number one i thought it had a, uh, the right amount of action badassery uh the plot was good the humor uh the the it you know the chemistry between gal gadot and uh, chris pine was amazing and uh dude you get gal gadot on on my screen for two hours and 21 minutes i'll take that <laughs> that's true that's true oh man that's that's pretty cool you got uh, on number two of your list yeah number two man so uh, mine's kind of similar, but right away, mine, my number five is going to be different from yours. Mine's going to be Aquaman. Mm. I think Aquaman is just a, it's like a popcorn movie. It's very much like just you watch, there's this bombastic, very colorful. I love the action sequences in that movie. Uh, and I never thought a movie can make me think Aquaman was cool. <laughs> and so I'm glad that Aquaman did it for me. It, like right under that would be Shazam, I think. Uh, it's just, yeah, uh, there was a bit of a disconnect for me between like the kid and Shazam when he turns into Shazam. Right. <laughs> but uh, anyway, but my number four, I would actually have to say Batman versus Superman right. Ultimate Edition, like he said. Hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, you, have to, you have to point it out. Um, you, got, you definitely got to do that. And the only thing weighing this movie down, for the most part, I think is Lex Luthor. <laughs> like, every scene that he's in, I don't like it. Just the way that I'm like, go back to the social network. Go, go do your thing over there. It's like, It doesn't fit the characterization that, that I feel like he should have had. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg, I just didn't like his characterization of Lex Luthor. But I did appreciate like a lot of the the Superman and and Batman stuff in that. Even though, uh, yeah, Martha, the, yeah, Martha, that that too. It's like just still the. I feel like could have been tweaked, you know. If he if he really wanted to keep Martha in, just call her mom first, <laughs> and then Martha, you know, just something simple like that. Save my mom. Save Martha. It sounds better. But anyway, <laughs> I've ranted about that for too long. <laughs> uh, my number three would have to be Zack Snyder's Justice League. Ooh. That's where I put it. Uh, like you said, it is four hours long. I don't really see that too much of the detriment of it. Uh, but it is a bit of a like, it. it is the Justice League movie that I wanted to see back then. It has that epicness to it. Uh, it has like clear buildups that do pay off, uh, but like you said, there were some things that I was like, "Yeah, you should just cut it out." And but ultimately, 
having it in my top three, I was actually surprised that it beat out Batman versus Superman. Because the more I watch that movie, the more I like it. Mm-hmm. I have, besides the Lex Luthor stuff. And I feel like Justice League is going to be one of those movies that the more I watch it, I'm, I'm going to like it more. Uh, so then my number two is Wonder Woman. I feel like it's very similar to Captain America, the first Avenger. And yes. you know how, how much I love that movie. Like mm-hmm. you said, the dynamic between Diana and uh, Steve Trevor is nice. The The only complaint with that movie is maybe like the third act where they wanted that huge Ares fight. But at least I, there was so much like emotion in uh, in that scene as well with Steve. Uh, and then my number one would be Man of Steel. And like you, like you, I was a bit disappointed when it first came out. But the more I watched it, the more I liked it. Uh, my main two things that I didn't like that just weighs it down. Because I, lo- I love everything about the movie. Uh, the more I watch it was the, thir- the first 30 minutes <laughs> of <laughs> just Krypton. I'm like, we don't need this. Get the Superman. And, um, I agree. And Clark's parents, human parents, like Jonathan and Martha, I feel like they were so, like, they were a bit of jerks, actually, about how he should use his powers compared to, like, the Smallville parents. John Schneider. John Schneider, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Just the good old boys. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm saying, man. John Schneider was... Still, he's still my my John, Jonathan Kent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, <he is>. same. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's how I would rank uh, my DC EU movies. Wow, we got some differences. I like it. I like it. All right, you ready for our little game here, Ken? Oh yeah, our favorite part of the episode where we guess the Rotten Tomato score. So what we basically do is we guess the Rotten Tomato score, and whoever's closest to the score. Basically gets the point for the episode. We do hold a running tally, but since it is a new season, we're starting at zero zero. But I also want to mention, I won last season. <laughs> so yeah, Jer- Jeremy's the champ. The champ is here. John Cena. The champ <laughs> is here. <laughs> do, 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 do. All right, let's play. Guess the Ron Tomato score. We should have like a song or something. Not John Cena. John Cena. <laughs> you mean John Cena song? <laughs> <laughs> we oh yeah by the way if you're new to the weekly real podcast we do make a lot of wwe or wwf references so yeah, get, get used to it <laughs> all right ken so where do you want to guess where Zack snyder's justice league is on ron tomatoes i don't know if it was because you know the pressure of losing uh to you in season one uh but i kept like changing my guess. <laughs> I think I changed it at least three <laughs> times. Um, and so I ultimately settled on 81. Shoot. I guessed 83. Interesting. Very close. Let me look that up. So I'm looking it up now. I didn't understand that. Oh, and that was my phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Zack Snyder's Justice League is 73% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Interesting. Actually, you know what? My original guess was actually closer. I originally guessed 79, but... Oh, really? Yeah. I went from 79 to 84, 82 to 81. Yeah, I was was actually (laughs) going from uh, higher to lower. I was like, 
let's call 85. It's like, no, 83. Yeah, I I was all over the place. But, hey, it worked. Yeah, you got it. Hey, All right, that. Ken takes the first point in season two. All right, comeback so, season. Comeback season. There we season. go. Oh, by but, the way, um, out of curiosity, uh, what was the Rotten Tomatoes score for the theatrical cut? Uh, do you want to guess it real quick before I look it up? Sure. I, oh, man. Just throw out a number. Uh, f- 45. Damn, I'm going to say uh, 48. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, come on. It had to be bad. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it was in the 30s. <laughs> it's 40. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang. That's pretty bad. Oh, my Yeah, goodness. I thought it was going to be somewhere like, you know, in that range that we guessed. But yeah, 40%. I didn't know it was that low. <laughs> uh, that's, pr- that's pretty terrible. <laughs> dang. All right. Well, that's an interesting one. But uh, we want to give out our final award where we rate the where we rate the movie it's the i love you 3000 award where we rate the movie from one to three thousand ken what do you what would you give Zack snyder's justice league uh i really did like this a lot i actually like this better than i thought i would i would give it 2616 uh that's roughly 87.2 percent uh that's a really good score in my book and uh yeah, I was I was really surprised that I liked it this much, despite all the slow motion. <laughs> uh, for me, I had it at twenty six forty two. Uh, yeah, twenty six forty two uh, out of three thousand. Got a brain fart. That's like eighty eight percent. So you can kind of see like my top three. I think are really close. My DCEU top three movies are super close. Same, actually. It just happens to be in a very different order. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shoot. But I enjoyed this movie. It's it's such a... It was like a miracle that we got this movie, and I'm glad it happened. Right. I I am, too. Uh, I'm just glad that it... Uh, I guess it, it quieted the, the Snyder fanboys, the DC fanboys a little bit, but now I hear that they want... <laughs> I hear they want a little bit more. They want the Snyderverse. Well, there's also just like general public, like my coworker. He was like, "I can't wait for the next one." I'm like, uh, "I don't think that's gonna." I didn't want to tell him. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, "You don't want to burst his bubble." Yeah, I was like, "I don't want to break the news." Oh well. But uh, anything else, Ken? Before we preview next week? No, I think that's it for uh, for the Snyder Cut. All right, because I know there's so much to talk about this movie, but uh, what are we watching next week, Ken? Well, uh, next week, episode 23, um, you know, I thought I'd do something a little bit different for our season two premiere uh, to preview next week's episode. I think I'm going to attempt to sing. All I got to say is, Mary... There's just something about Mary. Oh, that was my that was my best impression. I mean, you'll know from the very first scene of the movie of that song. So I'm hoping it kind of you make that connection. <laughs> All right, I see. Where can we? Uh, by any chance, is there anywhere playing something about Mary? I believe it's on Prime Video, Amazon Prime. 
Okay, good. Because that makes things so much easier. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, is there anything else you wanted to preview? Why, yes, there is. Uh, we got a bonus uh, preview. And uh, this coming Thursday, April 1st, and every Thursday after that, during the season, uh, the this current season, season two that we do have for the Weekly Reel podcast, we are debuting and launching a brand new show called The Newsreel. Uh, this is just it gives another uh, opportunity for both me and Jeremy to kind of just shoot the shit uh, and just talk about random stuff. And so if I had to summarize what The Newsreel is all about, I'd say it's a pop culture show about current events within the world of movies and TV. And so we're going to be talking about stuff that's currently going on at that point in time. Uh, we're going to try to, um, I guess, record on a Wednesday and then just get it out the very next morning. So there's going to be a, a little bit more of a turn, uh, quicker turnaround time for this. And so we're pretty excited to be able to stay up on current events within pop culture. So uh, definitely pumped. Yeah, because when uh, there's the weekly shows like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier coming out, uh, we don't get a chance to talk about that a little bit, unlike the, our usual episode. So sometimes we we would probably talk about it on the newsreel. So I'm looking forward to talking about all that stuff um, on the newsreel. But Ken, is there anywhere they can reach you if they want to message you or something like that on social media? Yeah, I'm pretty much... Um, pretty active on both uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, they can follow me at Free Ken A. Uh, the spelling will be in the episode notes. All right. For me, if you want to contact me or watch me on my YouTube channel, you can search me up. It's JP underscore Flicks. And my YouTube channel is also JP space Flicks. Not, not like the word space. It's just JP Flicks. All right. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right. But anything else before um, we say goodbye, Ken? Uh, no, I'm just glad that the Snyder Cut finally got released. We got to watch it. We enjoyed it. Um, we got new shows coming on the horizon. I'm just glad that I'm just glad our weekly routine has returned after a two month hiatus. Uh, so, yeah, dude, I'm pumped for season two. Pumped for new movies, uh, more movies, more new movies. Uh, this season that we did in the first season. And so, yeah, just glad to be back. Yeah, I'm super excited. Like you said, we're going to get new movies like Godzilla versus Kong, Mortal Kombat. I think I'm looking more forward to Mortal Kombat than Godzilla versus Kong for some reason. Uh, and also, we might talk about another DC movie later on in the season. Right? Yeah. <laughs> There's, there's your special preview. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually DC. pumped to see that. I'm actually pumped to see that movie. Uh, we'll, we won't spoil it yet. Yeah, I guess you'll just have to see if it's as good as Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to uh, the Weekly Real Podcast this week. If you have any questions, please let us know in our uh, podcast notes. You can reach us there. And we'll see you guys next week on The Real. <laughs>